let's call this test number two, because it was truly a moment where I had to re-believe that I could do it. So I said to myself, Amy, you are still so close. That is progress and you are fine. You can handle this and I know that you can do it. Hi, I'm Amy Kiefer, a nurse, doula, and personal trainer. And I'm Crystal Howell, a women's health and orthopedic physical therapist. We're the co-founders of Expecting and Empowered, and we just so happen to be sisters. We built this business because we saw a huge gap between the information that women were given during pregnancy and postpartum and the information that they need. We're committed to helping close the gap so that women are better equipped to navigate these demanding and challenging years. Yes, we're both moms of three, so we know firsthand how many changes women go through physically, mentally, and emotionally because women aren't getting enough information to make informed decisions about their own health. It leaves mothers picking up the pieces afterwards. We need that to change. With our professional backgrounds, we're going to pull the curtain back on this season and give you the information you need to thrive. We're on a mission to change women's health. Let's do this. It's Amy here, and I'm really excited for today's episode because I will be telling the story of our third son's birth. A couple housekeeping items before I get started. Number one, the two other sons, Max and Trey, their birth stories are episode three and episode 15 if you're looking for birth stories. And then this one, it's so special. I know I'm going to cry. It was it was challenging, but it was doable. It was hard, but it was beautiful. So if you're looking for um, an easier story to listen to, that would be episode 15. This was not my easiest birth, but I'm excited to share the story of how Cole joined us with all of you. Now, like a lot of other babies, Cole's story starts way before he was actually born because this was the labor that I had the most prodromal or what they call false labor during. At this point, I had already had two children. I know what contractions feel like. I know what to look for. So I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to be confused. Like I'm going to know when I'm in labor. But with Cole, I had so many contractions before I was actually in labor. And the really interesting thing is they felt very real. So if you've had contractions before, I explain real ones as it feels more like like bad period cramping. And so I even had some of those before I was actually in labor with him. So for weeks, I was what I remember I was 37 weeks and something and I had contractions every 15 minutes, regular contractions every 15 minutes for the whole day. I thought for sure that he was going to come, that they were going to start to get closer together, get more painful. They didn't. So all of that to say, I made it all the way to his due date. So this is June 22nd, 2019. And I had had so many false labors at that time in this pregnancy that I just thought, you know what, I'm never going to get my hopes up too high. I'm going to wait for when the pain and the intensity ramps up. And I'm like, I know that this is it. 
So we had two toddlers at the time. Drew and I went ahead and we made plans for that Saturday. That was our due date, but we had been in limbo of when the baby was going to come for so long. We actually invited both of our families over for a grill out. And I know some moms might be like, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible to me. But for me, it really wasn't because our families are so hands-on with our children like I said, we had two toddlers at the time. Max had just turned three. So Trey was a year and a half. And to have help with them meant so much to me. You know, I was getting really tired at this point. It was like the best. And it was distracting. Like if I could be around my family and talk about things, it was so good for my mindset. So Uh, Just before everyone arrived around 2 p.m., I started to have contractions. And like I said, since I had had so many, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see what happens. Who knows? My best friend happens to be my sister-in-law. We married brothers. We've been friends since we were three years old. She probably knows me better than anyone in the world. I asked her if she wanted to go to the grocery store because we had forgotten a couple things for the grill out. And on the way there, I told her, I'm like, I think I'm in labor. And I, I do actually think that this this is it. I'm not positive because, you know, this is it's been going this way, but it, this just feels like it. I was taking my contractions with my running watch. So the split timer would go off every time I would press it. So it was kind of fun because for the rest of the afternoon, she would just make eye contact with me every time she could hear my split go off. So we enjoyed that evening. It was our families, our little guys. Like I said, I kept quiet. I didn't tell the whole family that I was having contractions. I told Michelle and I had told Drew earlier in the day. And then all of a sudden, it kind of started to intensify. So I told Drew, I said, babe, I've been having contractions for four and a half hours and they're now seven minutes apart. Do you think I should call? And I'll never forget, Drew was like, Amy, you have to call. He wasn't completely surprised because like I said, I had told him that I was having them, but he didn't know that they were getting closer together. And because I do have a history of relatively short labors, the plan was that I would come to the hospital a little bit earlier this time. So when I did call the doctor after talking to Drew, they were like, yep, you should come in. We got our stuff into the car. We told our families that we were going to go meet our baby. We kissed our toddlers goodbye. We knew that they were in great hands. There were so many adults there to help them. And we headed into the hospital just after 7 p.m. Everyone except for Michelle was really surprised. And Michelle just said she's been in labor this whole time. So now let's fast forward to when I'm in triage and I'm about to get my cervix checked. I'm going to call this test number one. I was a three and what had happened was at my previous appointment, I was a three. So here I am feeling like I'm really in labor and we know that, you know, the cervical checks can be a little subjective because people's threes can look a little bit different, but to hear that I had made no progress at that time, it was so 
demoralizing in a way. You know, here I had been in false labor for weeks, finally feeling like, oh my gosh, I actually get to go have my baby. It's my due date. And hearing the nurse say I was a three. And then she came in and she said, you know, how do you feel about going back home and waiting until things progress? But it was a really interesting question because I had made this plan with my healthcare team that I needed to be there earlier because things usually do progress really quickly for me. So I said, you know what, I want to talk to a physician from my practice rather than the resident that was there because we had made this plan. So I didn't feel good about going home since I was supposed to be there earlier. So the doctor came in and we talked about it and she was like, honestly, I completely agree with you. I can see all of your history and let's, what we can do is kind of compromise. The charge nurse said they're way too busy to admit you if you don't have any signs of progress. So I'm going to give you an hour to go make some progress. And she suggested that I go on a walk or do the stairs. And like I said, it was, this was really hard. It was hard to hear that I was a three and it was hard to hear that I wasn't immediately going up to a room because in both of my previous labors, I was admitted right away and I was further than a three, you know, it was like, they checked me, you're a five, you're having a baby, let's go do this. Um, And I told you, I said, babe, if this isn't it, I really do think that we're going to have a baby in the car because I'm never going to know because this feels like this is it. And I want to be really honest. I did have a moment of doubt rush over me and I just had to decide this is out of my hands. I am a vessel and no matter what, I'm 40 weeks pregnant. This baby's going to be here soon. I really am going to be okay either way, whether we get admitted in an hour or whether we don't. I've got to believe that I'm okay, that the baby's okay, and that the baby's going to come when the baby's going to come. But because you guys might know, I am a woman of action. So when the OB suggested that I walk and that I do stair climbing, I took it very seriously. Drew and I left triage together and we were able to do a workout for basically an hour. This is where Expecting an Empowered will completely prepare you. I decided to do stairs. So they had nine floors of stairs and Drew and I did that three times during that hour. We also walked this loop that was near the hospital at a really quick pace. It was actually so fun. Drew was keeping things really lighthearted. He would assure me like, Amy, I know you're in labor because I had to breathe through all the contractions. I had to stop walking. Like he could just see that I was working through these. And because of my previous history of being able to get through, you know, labor and delivery, he just, he saw in me like that it was really happening and that felt really good. So here we are. It's a absolutely gorgeous night in Madison, Wisconsin. And we're just really having a good time, the two of us. After that hour mark, we went back into triage and I just turned to positive self-talk. I said, Amy, you know, either way this turns out, it's meant to be and you just have to trust this process. I will say I was really nervous when the same nurse was checking me because, you know, at that point I had no idea if I'd be going home or if I'd be going to have a baby. She finishes 
finish the check, she goes, you are a solid four and I'm calling your doctor. And when I tell you I had the most relieved feeling in me, I swear it was just this feeling of like, I just felt safe and I felt good. And the the craziest thing happened because once I had that feeling, my contractions immediately started getting stronger and they started to get more painful. And I had never in my life been more thankful for pain because I could tell my body was like, okay, like we get to do this right now. So Drew and I headed up to the room where we would meet our baby and we had the best time laboring. I was breathing through the contractions. It was nighttime. I mean, it truly felt like the world was just the two of us. Drew and I were talking. We were laughing between contractions. We were watching a party that was happening right across the street from the hospital. Like we were just having a really good time. We wanted to enjoy that time. Like we had been through labor two times before. We knew that it was going to get more serious. We knew it was going to get harder, but for now we could really enjoy it. And that was right around the time that I had remembered that my friend Mason had wanted to come to our birth. Mason is a really well-known photographer in the area and she was considering at the time becoming a doula, but she had never actually been in a birth. So I had told her, I'm like, honestly, you can come to our birth and she was going to bring her camera. She was there for the experience, but she also was like, I, I would love to take a few photos for you guys. I knew that Mason had been at a wedding all day because it was a Saturday. So I really thought when I was texting her, I'm like, there's no chance she's going to come. She just stood on her feet all day doing something she's so awesome at. But she did. She said, you know what? I'm going to come. And she came right on over. And I am so thankful to this day that that happened because the birth photos that you see of Cole's birth are from her lens. And I will forever cherish those birth photos. I'm so glad that in my last birth, I got to see them, you know, kind of from an outside perspective. So Mason gets there. I continue to labor around the room. You guys know I love to move. I love to squat during contractions. Once things started to get stronger, I knew I was going to move into the tub. I felt like my pain and the intensity were escalating really nicely, but I was still able to work through it. My birth environment was absolutely perfect. Like I said, it was night my husband was amazing. It just felt like everything was going very well. I was probably in the tub for about an hour and I felt like things were really starting to escalate. So me and the nurse and Drew made the decision that we should get checked just to see where we were. In all honesty, I had felt like I had already been through the pain that I had gone through in my last birth with Trey. Like I felt like I was really close, definitely into transition. So that seven to 10, I felt like I was going to be further. The the resident came in and he told me I was a six. And I literally responded, a effing six. I said the real word. Are you kidding me? I mean, when I was at that point of pain with Trey, I heard, Amy, you're a 10, you can push. So let's call this test number two, because it was truly a moment where 
I had to re-believe that I could do it. So I said to myself, Amy, you are still so close. That is progress and you are fine. You can handle this and I know that you can do it. And now a quick break. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Expecting an Empowered Workout app. Someone in our DMs recently said, pregnancy can feel like a time when so much is out of your control. This app has given me the ability to feel powerful and in control of how I'm moving my body. I can't thank you enough for giving me that confidence. Right now, we're having our biggest sale of the year to celebrate you this Mother's Day. You can get 30% off your first year of the Expecting and Empowered app with code MOMPOD30. That's MOMPOD30. This code is going to be valid the entire month of May as a thank you for listening. You deserve to prioritize yourself and your physical health. Whether you're pregnant, postpartum, or further out, the app has easy-to-follow programs to meet you exactly where you are at every stage of motherhood. All you have to do is show up, press play, and know that you're going to get an incredible workout in in just 30 minutes. Visit our show notes or app.expectingandempowered.com to sign up today. And now, back to the show. In my previous two births, I had never had my water broke for me, an artificial rupture of membranes. I had never had that done. It had always just broken. But the resident was like, all I can feel is your bag bulging. And because your baby isn't right on your cervix, that's probably why we're not making faster progress here. So I said, you know what, this time I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let them rupture me because I had really felt like I had already been through so much. I did want this to go faster than it was going. So he ruptured my bag. That felt very crazy. I had never felt that before. It's just like very, very warm water coming out of you. In my previous two births, it popped right before the baby came out. So it was like a huge splash and then the baby came out. So this was different for me. Um, It felt very interesting. And things got so much more intense immediately. I went right back into the tub. I was like, okay, I'm going to work through the next couple contractions in the tub. I was able to, if you go back to Trey's episode, I got to the same space where I was really able to start to control my mind. I was kind of nodding off between contractions, but then as soon as the contraction came, I was sitting up. I felt so much pressure and so much intensity. I had planned, you know what, I'd probably stay in the tub longer, but at my practice, I went to Madison Women's Health, you can't deliver in the tub. So because things were getting so intense, you know, the team, my nurse and Drew felt like I should probably get out of the tub. I told the nurse, you know, I know he just checked me, but I can tell my baby is close to coming out. She was a newer nurse and things were happening happening rapidly. Like that's one thing about labor and delivery is that it can go at different paces. So Drew did get pretty firm and he really asked like that the doctor come back in to check me because, you know, she's telling you she feels like the baby's really close. Drew says that I just get this intensity about me and the way that I'm acting and the things that I'm saying, like he can tell 
that I was getting really close. So we had her go back and get the doctor. The doctor checked me again, said I was at eight. I went over to the bed to be at the side of the bed for the next couple contractions. I am telling you, I have never felt such intense contractions in my entire life. Everything in my body was telling me that I needed to push. I can remember how my voice sounded. I was so frantic, so frantic. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I know you just checked me. I am telling you, I have to push. My body was like shaking. Um, and I was watching the doctor gown up and get ready. And in my head, I remember thinking like, you freak. And like, hurry up. I am telling you, I'm going to need to push this baby out. Like my body is pushing this baby out. I have nothing to do with this. I'm not trying to. So I was just telling him like, I think I really need to push. Here's where I want to remind you, if you want to hear about a more calm, smooth birth, you can go to episode 15, but this one is not it. So the doctor checked me again, although they had just checked me. I was just an eight. And the doctor checked me again, and the nurse was taking the baby's heart rate. And the doctor said, Amy, you're a 10, and your baby's heart rate is dropping. You have to give me, you have to give me everything that you can during the next contraction. And I had never felt more determined and simultaneously relieved in my entire life. Like it was such a hard process to make it through, like a lot more mentally challenging than my last birth. But I also knew that I could do it. And I knew that I just needed the green light to be able to push the baby out. Like I wasn't worried about that. I was just, it felt really hard to get to that point. I will say the pushing phase is definitely my redemption song because the baby came out over one contraction and only about one and a half pushes. My first push, I could feel the head come all the way out. Like you, It's so wild to actually feel the baby coming out of you. Just like my two other births, completely unmedicated. And so to be able to like feel every single part of the baby come out of you is is so wild. And so I pushed the baby almost entirely out. I needed one more push. And at 1.50 a.m., we had a baby. And I was half on the bed, half off the bed when I delivered. I remember Drew said he had never in his life had more anxiety because I overwhelmed the resident and for the third time in a row, the attending had to catch the baby because the end got really erratic. It was a really jumbled scenario that was going on behind me. Like I said, you know, to be honest, they just weren't believing that I was complete and I was telling them like the, the baby's coming out. And so Drew said there he was about five seconds from going back there and catching the baby himself because no one seemed ready and no one seemed sure-handed. So I feel like that gives a really accurate portrayal and like the idea of my body started to push. It's called involuntary pushing. It's actually a thing. And so you have to advocate. You have to keep your foot on the gas and tell them, like, I am telling you, this baby is coming out. Like, if that's what you believe is happening, you're in the driver's seat. You need to tell them. And so thank goodness they listened and got back there because he came out really fast. So there he was, baby number three, hanging between my legs, 
Cole was actually pretty blue at the time. So they really rushed me onto the bed. And it was interesting because the nurse that we had the whole time, she called the baby a she. And so for probably 20 seconds, I thought we had a little girl. I said, is it really a girl? And then I saw Cole's penis myself. And I said, I know that's a boy. I've had two boys. I know that's a penis. So Cole Drew Kiefer was officially here and he was on my chest and he started to turn around. He was absolutely perfect. Drew said he had never seen me more happy than in that moment. And I share that because when you have babies all of the same sex, I think people are really wondering like, oh, is that, you know, are you sad you didn't have a girl? And Drew saying he had never seen me happier in my entire life. I knew in the deepest part of my heart that we were so content that we got another boy. You know, that moment really proved it to me. But his story doesn't end there because what we'll call test number three was that my placenta would not deliver. And as time started to go by, it starts to become more of an emergent situation. My entire body was shaking completely uncontrollably. All I wanted to do was cuddle this baby that I just worked so hard to deliver. And that was not what was going to happen. We got to the 30 minute mark and that's where in my hospital, they have to take you to the OR. And that's not something I had planned on. I had never had any complication that I needed to leave for in the two other births. And the last thing I wanted was honestly to be wheeled away from my husband and my brand new baby. And on the way to the OR, I'm just thinking about the doctor's words. You know, they tell you all the risks. You could bleed, you know, something else. Or worst case scenario, this is a hysterectomy. And it was all too much to process. It really was. I wasn't going to be able to think my way through this. So it was another time that I just, I did turn to prayer. And I just thought, you know, this isn't in my hands. This is out of my hands this is in your hands, you know, kind of what is meant to be is going to happen. And I just took very long, deep breaths as everyone around me was preparing the room and like everything was happening really fast. I will say it was completely surreal to be surrounded by so many people. My legs were completely splayed open to the side. I was under the brightest light. If you've ever been in an OR, you know it's super cold. It has to be. That's how it's sterile. I have the anesthesiologist talking to me about what medication she was going to put into my vein. And I said to her, wait, how much midazolam and fentanyl are you going to use? I want you to give me the lightest possible amount. All I want to do is be with my baby. And she asked me, are you a nurse? And I said, yes. And I push these drugs very often. So I want you to tell me how much you're planning to use. Um, So she did say she would go as light as possible. She did two of midazolam and 100 micrograms of fentanyl if you're a nurse and you're listening. And... So it was it was really wild. I mean, she pushed those drugs and I cannot remember another thing about the situation. When I woke up from that, I was completely out. 
completely out. When I woke up from that, I was being wheeled back into my delivery room. And I started, when I say I started bawling and I could not stop. I was bawling. Like everything was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't even a choice to cry. Like it was just the drugs or whatever it was. I was bawling. I was shaking. I couldn't, it, it was a surreal experience, but I was so relieved to be back to my little family and to paint the picture of the room. It was like, Drew was so worried about me, but he couldn't come with us. He stayed with the baby, but Cole, because he wasn't able to be on my chest, he got so cold that he had to be under the light. So Drew couldn't come with me and he couldn't hold the baby. He's just sitting there like, what is happening right now? Um, but to be back with them was just exactly what all of us needed. I remember they were a little worried because I had those drugs on board to give Cole back to me. And by this time, I don't know, maybe three in the morning, something, but I just, I remember I held Cole for so long and just, it was everything I needed in that moment. It's really interesting. We've had some talk on birth trauma and it's a very real thing. Very real. For me, that whole experience, because I was okay and because my baby was okay and because when I went back to the OR, they said that it went the best it could have gone. Like I was out and they were able to get in there and scoop it out and and everything was good. No hemorrhaging, nothing like that. So I really felt like I didn't have any residual trauma or hard feelings about the birth. It was wild. I wish I didn't have to do that part, but it's part of Cole's story. And sometimes that's the way that birth goes. I was so thankful that I was at the hospital, that I was in good hands. And that meant a lot to me that everything went as well as it could have when it got off course. I did want to say that the final part of Cole's story that I will share with you is that I leaned more on Drew than I had for any other birth. Drew, who is my husband, he was so steady and he was so supportive. And every time that we made eye contact, I could just tell he believed in me that he always believed what I was saying, and I could just feel his love. It was indescribable the way that the two of us had worked together, and that's why this birth holds such a special place in my heart. It was almost meant to be that it happened the third time around because Drew knew how to be there for me. He knew what my normal was. He knew how I acted at the end of my birth. Like he was ready to be an advocate for me and to make the nurse and the doctors believe me when they weren't really believing me. So I have to say, I feel so thankful that Drew was in the room that night because it was so helpful to have someone that was just completely in your corner. And it really gave me the faith that we were ready to raise three little men together. So that is the full story of Cole Kiefer's birth. I, looking back, it's like it's had, there were a lot of parts in it. It was probably, it was the most mentally challenging birth of all three of them. 
but we got through it. And that idea that there's going to be times in birth where you have to reset yourself, reset your mind, have a moment of doubt, but then get right back into how am I going to make it through this? So I hope that's what you got out of Cole's birth story. And thank you so much for listening.